If you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold up your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles and turn to uh, Luke 5 with us, please. Let's get into this tonight. Luke 5. For some weeks we've been on the subject of God's will to heal, haven't we? And uh, we've been looking at and answering the question, is it God's will for us to be healed? For all of us to be healed? For us to be healed now? And we've said it's not, what you think is not a good enough answer. Or what you have experienced or what somebody else thinks or somebody's opinion or book is not good enough. We must know from the Word what the answer to these things are. And in Luke 5, in verse 12, it came to pass when Jesus was in a certain city, Luke 5, 12, a man full of leprosy, this would be considered a terminal condition, he saw Jesus and he fell on his face and he besought him, he said, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Is he praying for healing? With an if it be your will. Lord I know you can heal me. What? If you will. So is he convinced of the Lord's will to heal him? No. No. Is this how millions of Christians pray today? All you know. Thousands and thousands of ministers and pastors. Pray for their congregation. Lord heal them. If it be your will. And if not. You know, give us the grace and strength to endure it. Your will be done. And I'm not mocking anybody. I used to pray that way myself years ago. Sincere. Love God. Love people. But that's all I knew. You know, you can only walk in the light that you have. And you, you will not win people by mocking them. You won't win people by making fun of them. Are making light of them. A man or woman can only walk in the light that they have. And how do you know uh, if they're walking in all the light that they have or not? You wouldn't know that. That's why we're uh, commanded not to judge. Because we're not qualified. We don't know what a man sees or knows. Or does not see or know. You got a full time job walking in the light you have. But. When the Bible reveals light on a subject and answers a question, and you can read the Bible, you ought to quit asking that question. If it's answered in the Word, you should stop asking the question and accept the answer. Well, Jesus answered the question. Didn't he? Oh, does it excite you at all? Jesus answered the question of, Lord, I know you can heal me if you will. Read the next verse. What did Jesus say? What did he say? Jesus put forth his hand and he touched him and he said, two words, red letters, trumps everything. No, makes no difference what you think or what somebody else preached or thought. Red letters trumps it all. What two words? What red letters? I will. I will what? I will that you be healed. I will 
Be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. Well, he answered the question. Then why are millions of Christians still praying, Lord, heal me if it be your will? Why? Many have read this chapter. And yet they still pray that way. And people think, well, you're supposed to pray that way about everything. Well, then why don't people pray that way about the new birth? They're inconsistent with their own doctrine. Well, you're supposed to pray everything with an if it be thy will. Well, then why don't you pray for people to be born again if it's God's will? Well, no, because it is his will. And how did you find that out? (laughs) From the Bible. And the same Bible says it's his will. Well, well, well. We just cannot know the will of God in any definite way. Ephesians 5.17 says, Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, we're supposed to find out the will of God. We're supposed to know the will of God. That's why He gave us this book. That's why He gave us the Holy Spirit. Right? So we could find and know and be sure about the will of God because until you know the will of God, you cannot have faith. You're just wavering and wondering. No faith. And without faith, you won't have victory. You won't receive. So we have begun giving 30 biblical reasons, reasons from the Scripture, from the Bible, why we are sure it's God's will for all to be healed now. We don't find the will of God out by somebody's experience or lack of it. Or about what somebody thought. We find the will of God out from the Bible. And we believe that no matter what we see. Or what we don't see. And instead of trying to water down the Bible to match our lack of experience. We believe God to bring our experience up to match this. And we'll be doing that the rest of our life. Well, we've looked at reason after reason. I won't review because as you might imagine, we're... 30, you know, take some time. We're not at 30 yet, but what were we last week? Anybody remember? We were at reason number 19. Why we are sure it's God's will for all to be healed. The good shepherd. Is he good? Does he take good care of his sheep? Does he look after his sick sheep? Yes, he does. We went into detail about that. But let's go on. Go to the book of Acts, if you would please. Acts chapter 1. And go to reason number 20 tonight. We are sure it's God's will for all to be healed now, today. Because of healing in the Acts. The book of Acts. Now, there's a number of ways you can say that, but we'll just say it that way for now. Healing in the Acts, in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is a a historical account, inspired account of God, of the beginning days of the church. We're a part of the same church. The book of Acts is still being written. 
you and I are in some chapter. That's right. Sometimes people talk about the early church like it's a different church. No, same church. We got the same Jesus. Same Holy Spirit. Same gospel. Same great commission. Right? Our lives are supposed to look like these pages. I said our lives are supposed to look like these pages. It would do us a world of good if we'd just live in this book for a while until we begin to realize what our life's supposed to be like. These days have not passed away. And that's what we're going to see right now. Acts 1, 1. 1, 1. Anybody know who God used to pen this? Dr. Luke. Luke the physician. If anybody ever implies to you that we are anti-doctor, you correct them. We respect the medical profession. We thank God for good doctors and nurses. I pray for scientists and researchers to find so-called cures. I do. Some say, well, I thought you, you're a faith man. I am. But people are at all different levels. A lot of people don't even know God. Not trying to believe God at all. Millions never even heard about healing, don't believe in it at all. And then a lot of folks that do are just, just now starting to work on our faith. Hmm? We thank God for all these things. Well, what should I do, Brother Keith? Should I go to the doctor? Should I not? Should I have the surgery? Should I not? Should I take the medicine? Should I not? The answer to a million and one questions is be led. And that is the answer. So that's just your pat answer. No, that's the answer. And if you don't know what that means, find out about it. And learn how to be led. The Lord will lead you according to where your faith is. And he knows that. But he's our healer. And so many times things that we, we can get help. It doesn't fix the problem anyway. You still have to believe God. Right? It, it helps you. But thank God for a healer who can fix it. Hmm? And we're not, you know, you don't just want to be anti taking medicine, you want to get to the place where you don't need the medicine. Hmm? You don't want to just fight the bank, you want to get to the place where you don't need it, like you have in the past. You might know what I'm talking about. Don't fight things, don't be anti stuff, be for something. We're believing God to get to a place where we're not dependent on things like we have been. But if something may help you in the meanwhile, well, thank God for that too. He said, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, what's that next word? The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Now, what does that mean? Well, who did God use to pen this? Dr. Luke. And he's referring to a previous thing. He pinned. What would that have been? Well, there's a gospel account that bears his name. Luke. God used him to pin that. And he's, that's what he's talking about. The former treatise. 
The previous document and work that I made, O Theophilus, was a document, the gospel account of Luke was a document of what? Of all that Jesus did. Of all that Jesus finished. Key word here. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Oh, this is exciting for us. What do you mean? Everything Jesus did is supposed to still be happening. Everything he taught is supposed to still be being taught. And yet he's not here in the flesh. He's been raised from the dead. He has ascended. He has sat down at the right hand of the Father, majesty on high. Well, then he finished his work. According to this, everything recorded in Luke was what he began. began. And why does he start out Acts with this verse? Because what you're about to read, oh yeah, is a continuation of what Jesus started. Why are we talking about that, Brother Keith? Well, Acts 10.38 in this book. 10.38. Turn there and look at it. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Did you read about that in in the book of Luke? Hmm? Read about how he was anointed. Baptized in the river when he came out of the river. Spirit of God came on him in bodily shape and form as a dove. Holy Ghost and power who went about doing. Doing good and healing all. Who were oppressed. That were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He was doing. Somebody say doing. Doing good and healing all. Say that out loud. Doing good and healing all. One more time. Doing good and healing all. Now, what you read about in Luke is an account of what Jesus began to do. What did he do? Doing good and healing all. Began to do and to teach. Now, what we're about to read in the book of Acts is a continuation of the ministry of Jesus. Of all he started. How many believe the tomb is empty? Jesus is not in a tomb. Anywhere you can't find his body anywhere. Because his body has been resurrected. He's alive. And because he's alive... What he did, he's still doing. What he started, is still going on. Now you got to remember, the people in the book of Acts here are just like us. They're on this side of the cross. They're not seeing Jesus in the flesh. They're walking by faith. They're living, they're just like us. We're in this book. 
Just later chapters. Jesus ascended on high. He said, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power. Chapter 2. They're in the upper room. Waiting on the Lord. Sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. Holy Ghost came in there. Sat on all of them. When the Holy Ghost sits on you, you know it. They're all filled with the Spirit. Spoke in tongues. Came out of there. Full of fire. Walking by faith. And you don't get very far. Just chapter 3. Until you start seeing something that sounds very familiar. It looks very familiar. Acts 3. 1. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Been like this a long time. They laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful. To ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us. And he gave heed to them expecting to receive something of them. Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up. Get up. And walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. That's a miracle. I said that's a miracle. This man's been like this since he was born. All his life. This is a miracle. This is a miracle. But Jesus is not here in the flesh. We're not reading in the book of Luke. Jesus on this day was where he is today. And they were walking by faith on that day like you and I walk by faith today. And as some people try to say, well, now Jesus healed people to prove his deity. And he healed people to prove that he is the son of God. Now when he died, all that ceased and changed. What is this? What's happening here? A lame man. Jumping up and down. Leaping and walking. His feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. Oh, hallelujah. We're in the days of this. It's upon us. We're going to preach it. We're going to proclaim it. We're going to teach it. We're going to shout it. We're going to pray it. We're going to proclaim it. And not stop. Until we see more and more of it. More and more. More and more. All the people saw him walking and praising God. Verse 11. Well, verse 10 said they were filled with wonder and amazement. The lame man which was healed held Peter and John. And all the people ran together to them in the porch. It's called Solomon's greatly wondering. 
When Peter saw it, he answered the people, You men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? Now that blows the other theory out of the water. Which is, some will concede and say, well, it didn't all cease when Jesus ascended. He gave the apostles power. And they could do these things. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Well, what about these people who just standing up here a few minutes ago? How'd they get healed then? <laughs> and you just got record after record of century after century. People are being healed. Miracles are happening. It obviously has not ceased. But here... What does he say? Why are you looking at us like we did this with some holiness and power that we have as being apostles? Then why are books still being written and either implying or outright saying that these men had special powers and they could heal because they were the special apostles? Then in that case, they did do it by their special power and holiness, which he just plainly said in Scripture he did not. So we say, yeah, but that was Peter. That was John. And he just got through saying, why are you looking at us? Because everybody was looking at him in amazement going, what did you do to him? What did y'all do? Ooh, these guys are special. And immediately he says, why are you looking at us like that? As though by our power or our holiness. What's he saying? It wasn't by our power. It wasn't by our holiness. It wasn't because I'm one of the twelve. Isn't that what he's saying? He tells you how it happened and why it happened was the course of his sermon. He preaches it immediately. Don't. Why are you looking at us? As though by our own power and holiness we made this man to walk. The God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his son Jesus. Is he still interested in glorifying Jesus today? Whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. You denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted to you. And you kill the prince of life whom God has raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses. And his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. The faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What raised this man up? The name of Jesus. Do we still have the name of Jesus? Faith in the name of Jesus. Can we still have faith in the name of Jesus? It wasn't by their special power or holiness as disciples and apostles. He said, Peter said, by the Spirit of God through him said, it was by the name. And faith in that name. And God has glorified his son Jesus. But now get this. Anybody read Matthew? Mark? Luke, John, did you read about how Jesus operated? Yes. Uh-huh. 
Does this sound familiar? When they look at this man and say, rise and walk. And he did. Have you ever read that in Mark? Or Luke, rise, take up your bed. Go, have you ever heard that before? Sounds just like something Jesus would say. Looks just like something Jesus would do. Doesn't it? And yet he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Just like he is tonight. He wasn't there in the flesh. He wasn't there on the street. In the flesh. Sounds just like something Jesus would do. You know why? It was something Jesus did through his church. And so what he began to do, he is still doing. He's still doing. After his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, he's still doing it. Well, let's look at more than one witness here. Glory to God. Go to the fifth chapter. Five. Fourteen. Believers were the more added to the Lord. Five. Fourteen. Multitudes. Both of men and women. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. And laid them on beds and couches. I have read that exact same thing. In gospel accounts. Have you? They went through all the regions round about. And brought all the people that were sick. And laid them in the streets. And Jesus would come through. And people would be healed. Yeah, but he's not here in the flesh. He's raised from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father. But they came and laid them in the streets on their beds and their couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about to Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits. And a handful were healed to prove that apostles still had power. They were healed. Every one. Why? I mean, don't take that many to prove that something's happening. One miracle proves something can happen. And a lot of people got healed here because it talks about multitudes coming out from all the cities around about. This sounds exactly like something you read in Mark. Mark 6. Other places where they laid the sick in the streets and everybody that touched him got healed. In this case, everybody where the shadow came by. Every one of them got healed. This sounds exactly like something Jesus did and used to do. Why? It is something Jesus is continuing to do. Because everything we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is what he began. Acts 8. Does he still heal today? Is it still his will to heal? How about everyone? Didn't we just get through reading it? Everyone. Every one of them. Somebody needs to say that out loud. Everyone. How many? There were no unlucky ones. There wasn't even one that it wasn't God's timing for them. Was not even one that God was teaching and working something out in their life and he's going to heal them later. Not even one. 
And don't say, well, it was Peter. He could do that because out of his own mouth, he said it wasn't by his own power or holiness. Acts 8, verse 4. They went scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word, preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed, and there was great joy in the city. This is not Peter. This is not John. This is not one of the twelve. This was a deacon. This was a guy that waited tables in the church. Not one of the twelve. Not one that traveled with Jesus. Table waiter. <laughs> Dishwasher. Hmm? Bread toaster. Fish cleaner. Right? He was a deacon. Chosen to help wait tables. Make sure everybody was fed and had their regular portions. And here, demons are crying out. That sounds like what you read about in Mark when Jesus got filled with the Spirit. Went into the synagogue, doesn't he? And paralyzed people. Lame people are being healed and raised up. Sounds just like something Jesus would do. Because it is. Through a man who's not one of the twelve. Keep going. Can you take some more? Fourteen. Fourteen and three. Fourteen and three. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly. In the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Two things I want you to notice here. What are they speaking and preaching? They're preaching the word. You're going to see that later. The gospel in just a few verses. And the Lord is giving testimony to the word of his grace that they are preaching With signs and wonders. Somebody say signs. Wonders. Now I'm giving you actually two reasons together tonight. One of them is, what is it, reason number 20? Sure it's God's will for all to be healed. Because of healing in the acts. You could call it the continuing ministry of Jesus. You could have called it several different things. But you know what I'm talking about. But with this. Is reason number, what, 21, the next one? We're sure it's God's will for all to be healed today because of healing. Well, how should I say this? Gifts of healings. Both of those are in the plural in the original. Gifts of healings. Have you read in 1 Corinthians 12 where it talks about the manifestations of the Spirit? Well, just hold your place right here. Flip over there real quick. Somebody may not have. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. He said he didn't want them to be ignorant about spiritual things. He said in verse 4 there were differences, diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Differences of administrations or ministries, but the same Lord. Diversities of operations, but the same God. Verse 7. 
1 Corinthians 12, 7. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. We're sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because of the continuing ministry of Jesus. Healing in the Acts. We're also sure it's God's will for all of us to be healed today because of gifts of healings. And the reason I say that is because you see manifestations of this in these accounts. In the book of Acts. And it's something we could spend a lot of time on, but could you focus with me tonight? Hmm? If I have to explain it too much, it'll take too much time. But if you'll focus, you get the spirit of it. You can pursue it further on your own. Gifts of healing. Somebody say it out loud. Gifts of healings. What is a gift of healing? Now some people have thought that is a gift that an individual has that they can heal people as they choose to. This is not true. No one has such a gift. Anybody that says so, don't you believe it? Well, then what is it? It is a gift of a healing as the Spirit of God manifests it. Well, is that different from any other healing? It is. It is. It's a gift. Somebody say gift. It's a gift. Signs and wonders uh, oftentimes are in these areas of gifts of healings and workings of miracles. Now, like I said before, nobody has these gifts that they can just turn off and on at their whim. And no man or woman has the power to heal another man or woman at will. Don't you believe it? Jesus is the healer. He's the healer. He's your healer. And you don't have to go to or through any man or woman on the earth to get your healing. Oh, aren't you glad about that? You do not have to go to or through any human being on the planet to get your forgiveness of sin or to get filled with the Spirit or to get healed or delivered. You don't. There's one mediator between God and men. The man. Christ Jesus. He's the only one you got to go through. But God uses men. He uses men, he uses women to minister, and he uses men and women to minister in some special ways. Somebody say special. Special. And some of these special ways include the area of gifts. Now you were here, where are you in Acts? Hold your place in 14, you can lose your place in Corinthians, and go, hold your place in Acts 14, go to 19. Acts 19 and 11. Somebody said again, miracles tonight. You got time for miracles tonight? Then let's don't rush it. 
Acts 19, 11. What does it say? God wrought special. Somebody say special. Does God do special things? He does. Well, why? What would make something special? Yeah. What you say, Keith? Doesn't happen every day? Yeah, that's right. We have special services at Faith Life Church, don't we? We have like our special celebration Sunday. Why is it special? It's different, right? And it's, it doesn't happen every day. Special. Can God do special things? Well, he is the head of the church. And he didn't have to ask you or me if he wants to do something special. And he did some special things by the hands of Paul, didn't he? Didn't say Paul wrought special miracles. Now, the reason I say that is because you still got people that are trying to say, well, Paul could do that. He had special power and he could do that. No, no, no. God is the one that did it. And he used a man and he's still using men. And he's still using women because all that he began to do is continuing. Read that out loud with me. God did what? Wrought special special miracles. How? By the hands of Paul. So that what? Keep reading. So that from his body. Actually that word body is the word for skin. From his skin were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. It just got through saying hands. What would contact of skin with cloth? Why would that make any difference? Well, it does. The Holy Ghost is in us. He can come upon us. He can even anoint us especially. And anointing power, even though it sounds superstitious and funny to some people, it's the Bible, isn't it? Anointing power can go into cloth. And can stay in a cloth for a period of time like a battery. Like a charge in a battery. And when that cloth is laid on the body of the oppressed or sick, that power can come out of that cloth and go into them and drive out oppression and affect healing. We're reading the Bible. Well, that's special. But God does special things. Peter's shadow. Special. Why are you saying that, Brother Keith? Because it reveals God's character and His person and His will. These things are also called signs. Signs and wonders. What's a wonder? Well, it makes you wonder. You look at it and you wonder how that happened. Huh? You want, I mean, I've seen these kind of things. That they can happen so fast that your mind tries to think, well, it, it wasn't that way, but you know it was that way. I've seen people that had problems in their body, and you pray for them, and before you could take your hands off of them, it changed. And it's almost like it wasn't that way. It happened so quickly, and, and it makes you wonder how that happened. How'd that happen? Brother Hagen told the story years ago of laying hands on a woman that had a giant tumor. She was older but looked like she was nine months pregnant. And he laid hands on her and it just went away. 
And her clothes she had on were just like a tent now. And she grabbed herself and said, whoa, 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 where'd it go? (laughs) He said, I don't know. (laughs) But we're glad it's gone. Well, that makes you wonder. Well, is he or is he not God? Can he do these kind of things? Yes, he can. Miracles. 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 Signs and wonders. Miracles. 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 I laid hands on a lady one time years ago. She was in her 80s. Deaf in one ear. And rotary cuff damage. She, she could not raise her arm any higher than this. And the Spirit of God came on her. And, you know, I don't recommend you do this lest the Lord lead you to. But I kind of bopped her on the side of the head. I said, be open. <laughs> and I took her by the arm and just picked it up like that. I said, be loosed. And it did. And she started doing this. Going, whoo, glory, glory. And we checked her with a watch. She could hear out of that ear. We closed the other one up. Well, now healing is a restoration of the body from a damaged or diseased condition. And, and it implies a process. And you see cases where people were healed gradually, even in Jesus' ministry. Hmm? But this happened in a moment of time. Faster than you could blink your eyes. That's not just a restoration. That's a miracle. Isn't it? That's beyond the... I mean, if everything was fixed and you started recovering, well, over a period of time, you'd heal up and get better. But we're talking about, now you see it. Now you don't. Right? That's a miracle. And God has always done miracles. He does special things. Well, how does that prove it's God's will for all of us to be healed? Why does he do them? Why does he do these kind of things? Thank you, Lord, for helping me with this. Somebody say special miracles. And from his body, those handkerchiefs or aprons were taken and put on the, the sick. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Did you know evil spirits don't always have to be discerned? To be dealt with. The power of God can just come in and they go out. And you, did you know you don't have to understand what was wrong? If it's gone. We never knew what it was. Now it's gone. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to know all the answers to know. But look at a contrast here. Actually, in Acts 28, for time's sake. Acts 28. Paul has been shipwrecked, snake bit, (laughs) rained on, right? And numerous other things. (laughs) And he didn't quit. I said he didn't quit. Because he knew. Being a scriptorian. 
He read 2 Kings 6. And he knew it could change in a day. Didn't he? He's standing there, drenched, tired, exhausted, been snake bit, shipwrecked, every other thing. But he didn't quit. And uh, when he didn't die from a snake bite, the people in the island, the Bible said they changed their mind about him. <laughs> Get some miracles in your life, people will change their mind about you too. <laughs> They'll go from just thinking you're nuts and fruity to thinking, well, there's something to that. <laughs> All it takes is a miracle, right? <laughs> and they changed their mind about him. Verse 7, in the same quarters, this is Acts 28, 7, there were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius. He received us and lodged us three days courteously. This is the richest man on the island and Paul is staying in his house and he's treating him good. A few hours ago, drenched, shipwrecked, snake bit. Huh? Next day? In the nicest house on the island, eating the best food on the island, wearing the best clothes on the island. Just a few hours. It came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever. Does it pay to honor God's people? He's honoring the man of God. And now, how many remember when the the woman and her husband built that room on their house for the prophet of God? And how he hadn't been staying there too long until the Lord spoke to him and said, call them in here. Right? Why? And ask them, what do they need? What do they want? What did the Bible say? When you honor God, what's going to happen? He is going to honor you. Isn't he? Happens every time. So I'm sure Publius didn't have this in mind. But something about this man struck him. And he took him into his house. No guarantee of anything. Next thing you know, God has Paul ministering to his daddy. Who's very, very sick. He was had a fever. Sick of a fever. And a bloody flux dysentery. He's in a bad way. To whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Notice the language here. Nothing is said about Publius' father's faith. Nothing is said about Paul preaching to Publius' father. It only tells you on Paul's side of it. That he went in there... And he got to praying, and then he put his hands on this man and healed him. Actually, the understood subject there is Paul. Paul healed him. Now, that doesn't sound right to our ears, but it's because sometimes we don't know what he's talking about. It is right. Another way of saying this, Paul ministered healing to this man. Nothing is said about the man's faith. For all we know, he was delirious, didn't have know what was going on. Now keep reading though. 
So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and what? Paul healed them. No. They what? They were healed. Different language. I said different language. That healing we read about in Acts 3. Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. This man sitting there asking, begging for alms. Didn't say they stopped and preached to him. Hmm? It didn't say his faith made him whole. Someone said, yeah, but it said faith in the name of Jesus. Yeah, but it didn't say his faith. In fact, go back there with me. Acts 3. This is so big, my, my. This is two seminars and a book. We're trying to do it all in one night. You can see why Jesus and people got together and stayed there for three days at a time. And didn't even eat. They got caught up in the word. They'd go three days, not even eat. You can see why. They also had miracles. Didn't they? Acts 3, are you there? What is it, verse 16? Read it out loud to me. His name, Jesus' name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. That's how he got healed. The name of Jesus and faith in the name. Keep reading. But then he qualifies. The faith which is by him. The faith which is in him? No. The faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Nothing is said about the man's faith making him whole. And yes, it says it was faith. But it was the faith. How many understand he's already said faith in the name made him strong. Well, why have you got to go and make a whole other sentence and qualify it? It is the faith which is by him. It refers to 1 Corinthians 12. Faith. A manifestation of the Spirit. They laid this man daily at this gate. Peter and John went up and prayed there every day at the hour of prayer. They've passed this man hundreds of times. Other people have passed this man. It's entirely possible Jesus passed this man. When he was walking the earth. Well why didn't they do this the day before? Why didn't they do this the week before? Why didn't they do this the month before? How many remember Jesus in John 5 at the pool of Bethesda? He went and found one man. Remember that? And he spoke to him. And he was healed and walked off and left five porches full of folk there. Why? Some people say, well, that was, you know, it's not always his will. No, no, no. We see other places where he preached the word to them and they heard and believed and everybody got healed. What is a gift of healing? It's a gift. It's a freebie. It's a freebie. It's a free gift, a special thing. 
to an individual or a few or special situation. And what is it? It's a sign of what is available to all by faith in the word. Now whether you understand that or not, don't throw it away. He does miracles. What happened? Peter and John walked by there that day. They may have walked by this man hundreds of times. But they walked by that man that day. And when they looked over him, something happened in them. God put faith in them beyond their regular faith. A manifestation of faith that's referred to in 1 Corinthians 12. And they looked at that man. They said, look, look on us. Silver and gold we don't have. I guess their wives had the pocketbook right there. (laughs) But such as I have. What do you mean such as you have? They had something. God had dropped something in their spirit. Come on, can you see this? He dropped something in their spirit. And they're not asking him, does he believe anything? They're not asking him about his confession. They grab the man's hand and jerk him up. Tell him to get up from there. And instantaneously... Can you see this? Now let's contrast this. Go to chapter 14. See a different thing. May sound similar, but it's very different. Acts 14. Three. We just got through reading a few minutes ago. They preached. They spoke boldly in the Lord. And he gave testimony to the word of his grace and granted what? signs and wonders to be done. Now, we just got through reading in chapter 5 about signs and wonders of Peter's shadow falling over people. But in the fourth chapter, they all prayed that. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal and grant that signs and wonders would be done in the name of your holy child, Jesus. Should we pray that way? Should we be believing for some special things? We're going to do it tonight. I've done it before. I've seen results. And the Lord's led us this way tonight. And we're going to do it tonight. And we're going to have some tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't, don't be concerned about it. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. I already heard from heaven on it. Special things. Special things. Why did we see those special things in Acts 5? Because they asked him to do them in Acts 4. Acts 4.30. They asked him. Remember when they commanded them? After Acts 3, after that healing of the lame man at the gate called beautiful, they called him on the carpet, commanded them not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Persecuted them. They went back to their own company. And they didn't pray, Lord, get the persecution off of us. Lord, help us. We, you know, what are we going to do? We can't preach anymore. No, they said, Lord, make us bolder. (laughs) Help us get bolder. Grant unto your servants that with all boldness we may preach your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. And come on and give us some more of those signs and wonders. Give us some more of them special things. And one chapter later, Peter's shadow is falling across people and they're getting healed. Cloths are being taken from Paul's hands. Special things. Now, we won't necessarily take time, but in Acts 8, 
That was when Philip was preaching. Many, see, many that were taken with palsy, many that were lame were healed. And the Bible said they marveled at the miracles which he did. That's because special faith, working on miracles, gifts of healings, God is doing special things. Peter went into the woman that was dead, you know, and just knelt by her bed and prayed and stood up and said, get up from there. Rise. And she did. These all sound like things that Jesus did. He's continuing to do. But then you look at something like this, Acts 14, notice the difference. He's confirming their word with these signs and wonders. And verse 7, what did they do? There they preached the gospel. And there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. That sounds similar to Acts 3. And yet it is a world apart in how it happened. How does this healing account begin? Verse 7. It begins with the word being preached. What happens when the word is preached? Faith comes by hearing. And now we're not talking about the Amplified actually calls over in 1 Corinthians 12 calls it special faith. Anybody ever read that? Because it's special faith. Why? Well, Paul writing to Timothy talks about common faith. Faith we all have. Faith from the word. And then special faith is a different thing. He said, this same man heard Paul speak. So he heard the word. Paul was steadfastly beholding him and perceiving what? He, the man, had faith to be healed. Uh, Some captions up at the top of your page will say, Paul healeth the cripple. That is wrong. That's wrong. There is a way you could understand it in Acts 28, but not here. This man was healed not by some special manifestation through Paul. He was healed by his own faith that he got from hearing the gospel. If people cannot get faith to be healed from hearing what people call the gospel, then it's not the same gospel Paul preached. If we got the same gospel, we should be getting the same results. People should be getting excited and be filled with faith to be healed. From hearing what we preach. Now if you say sometimes it's his will. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes he says wait a while. Ain't no way they're going to get faith from hearing that. Paul must have preached it's God's will for all to be healed. This man became convinced while he heard Paul preaching. That it was God's will for him to be healed right now. Had to have. And he's sitting there still crippled. But he's got faith to be healed. And Paul just helped him act on it. Paul perceived that the man's got faith from hearing the word, and so he calls on him. He said with a loud voice, stand up right on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Same results as Acts 3. Completely different way of getting there. Now, I get so excited about Acts 14 because everybody can be healed the way this man got healed. This is for everybody. God does special things. And if you wait on a special thing, you're like all those people sitting around the pools waiting for the troubling of the water. And only the first one in got it. 
And you're waiting on something special. You're waiting on something special. But you can get in the Word for yourself and get faith for yourself and get healed every time and get healed right now and not have to wait. But now you think about this. Let me give you a scenario real quickly here. This man that got healed, lame man is gate called beautiful, through what we might call special faith manifested through Peter and John. And God still does it today. But let's say he gets saved. He goes on with the Lord and five years later he gets attacked in his body. And he comes to Peter and says, Peter, I want you to agree with me that I'll be healed. And Peter says, well, it may not be God's will to heal you. What might he say? Huh? That's how I got in this thing. That's how I got in this thing. God healed me and raised me up. And y'all told me this is who God is. And now you're telling me it might not be his will? It's like going through the mall and you smell this wonderful smell. And they're making fudge somewhere or something. And you go over there and they ask you, would you like a free sample? And you say, yes, I think I will. And you take some and, ooh, ooh, this stuff is great. This is great. So you buy two pounds. And you get it home and it's junk. It's dried up junk. Unfit to eat. What would you say? False advertising. (laughs) False advertising. Anybody know where I'm going? What is a sign? A sign is something that tells you something. It indicates, it reveals something. It says, this way, look at this. This is available. Come see this. Come do this. God does signs. He does miracles. Why was he doing those miracles at the pool there? Because his people had gotten away from him. They're acting like they don't have a healer. Nobody's believing for healing. Nobody's preaching healing. So he does something special. He sends an angel down. And first one in gets healed. What's he saying? It's a sign. Healing still available. Still in the, God's still in the healing business. Still in the healing business. What is a sign? A sign is a revelation. A special thing for a one or a few of what is and has always been and will always be available to everybody by faith in the word. And if God does signs, I've seen people. I remember a man right now here, big guy, rough looking guy. You could tell he lived a hard, rough life. And he was in a meeting and God healed him. He came up to me afterwards crying. He said, Preacher, I don't understand it. Why would God heal me? He said, I've been mean. I've been a bad man. And he just broke. He said, I'm healed. Why would God heal me? There's so many other people that deserve to be healed. Why would God heal? This is his thinking. Why would God heal me? You know what I told him? He loves you. No matter what you've done. 
He still loves you. Why did he do this? I said he loved, He melted. He knelt down there in the floor. Received Jesus as Lord. Well, now what if two years later something happens to his body and he comes to me and I say, well, now, it may not be God's will for you to be. What could he say? Yeah, but you told me that when he healed me last time, that's because that's who he is. And that's how he is and that's his will. That's how they came in. That's what the sign indicated. Oh, come on. Can you see this? How do we know it's God's will for all to be healed? Because of his signs. The signs and the special things, the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the special faith. They're all saying, this is God. This is who he is. This is what he is. And it's available to everybody by faith in the word. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Go to Acts 4. Let's get ready to act on this right now. Are you ready? If you're not ready, get ready. Get your believing clothes on. Get your miracle expecting face and heart on. Guys watching by internet, watching by TV, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. For what? For miracles. For miracles. Acts 4. Acts 4. We saw signs. We saw wonders. We saw Peter's shadow. We saw Paul's uh, hands and those cloths. And we saw the, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. And, and Paul ministering to that man on the island. But notice, so much of it was a result of this prayer. Acts 4. Verse 24. They, they lifted up their voice to God. And they prayed with one accord. They said, Lord, you're God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and everything that's in them. And in verse 29, they said, now, Lord. Somebody say, now, Lord. Now, Lord, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And it must have pleased the Lord. Because when they had prayed, he shook the place where they were. He shook that place. And filled them all with his spirit. And they immediately began speaking the word of God with boldness. Like they had prayed. And just a few verses later, you see these healings. A number of years ago, I was in a healing service. Similar to this, this kind of flow, this kind of spirit. And the Lord led us to just all stand up and pray like this and believe for miracles right now. I'm not talking about someday in some dispensation. I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about right now. Believe for miracles right now. Right now. Which is what we're about to do. And... uh, we did. We just stood up. There was no fast piano music. No. I wasn't, you know, screaming and yelling. I just said, all right, let's pray right now. Let's believe. And we prayed. We released our faith. Asked God to do miracles in our midst right now. And then expected him to do it. And then thank God for him to do it. A few minutes later, I asked people, you know, did, has something changed in you that you know of that you can tell? Several people raised their hands. We had testimonies. Miracles had happened. But then the next day, 
I found out about something, and I found out about days and weeks after that. They just kept coming in. <laughs> Some things are not always obvious at the moment. There was a man there and his wife. By his own admission, he wasn't a believer. Wasn't big on church at all. He did not want to be in that service and thought I had gone entirely too long. <laughs> he, his wife, loved Brother Hagin's ministry and we were having a service in connection with that and I was the one speaking. But she wanted to come and be in these services. He did not want to. So she kept praying and trying to figure out how she could come. Finally, she found out that there was some good fishing in some lakes nearby the, the area where the meeting. And so she suggested to him that there was good fishing over there and he could fish while she went to service. And he thought, well, that was okay. So he came and he brought her. But in his own words, after a couple of days, he said, she just began to, to ask me again and again, well, just come to one service with me. Just come to one service. He said, I don't want to come to one service. Well, just come to one, please. Just one. And then I'll leave you alone. You can fish. He said, well, will you shut up about it if I come to one? I don't want to hear it again. He said, just one. He said, all right. So he came. And it was me. And he thought, oh, will this service ever be over? And finally he stood up and he's fidgeting and he's wanting to get out of there. And we all prayed. Somebody say special things. Free gifts. Freebies. <laughs> well, they left. He's fussing at her out in the hall. Don't you ever, ever ask me to come back to that. I, I, I didn't know anybody could go so long. And, and he, he, he's upset. And he got in the car and, and he reached back to rub this growth that he'd had on his back for years. That was as big as both of his fists. Just kept getting bigger over the years. And because it had bothered him and he was in a habit of just reaching back there and, and rubbing it. And he reached back and he said, huh. <laughs> he got his rear view mirror and he tried to put it around. He said to his wife, put your hand back there. Put your hand back there. She did. She reached her hand back. She said, oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, he said, ah, <laughs> you sure what you feel? I, I don't feel it. And he, for hours, he was like, ah, <laughs> and I found out all about this because he was back the next day <laughs> and the next day after that. <laughs> Well, it sure wasn't his faith. I said it sure wasn't his faith. He didn't even want to be there. He's fussing about hearing the word. It was the mercy of God. I said it was the mercy of God. Why am I telling you that? Because we're about to pray right now just like we prayed on that day. Now, here's what we're going to do, though. You're not going to pray for you. And your miracle. Are y'all with me now? You are not going to pray for yourself right now. 
The Bible said when Job prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity. Somebody's liable to be praying for you in here. But you're not, when I say praying for, I mean to say believing for miracles. And you are going to believe and I'm going to believe for miracles for somebody else. Either in this crowd or somebody watching by internet or by TV. You don't have to know who. We're just going to believe God. Are we? Come on, stand up on your feet right now. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God. He's the one who does it. He's the one who does it. Miracles. 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 Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and praise Him a little bit. Oh, Lord, we bless You. Oh, Lord, we glorify You. Oh, Lord, we praise You. Lord, we bless You. Oh, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. How you are great. You do miracles so great. Let's sing it. Let's sing it to him. Close your eyes. Get ready to release your faith. Now I want you to expect when we pray this with every fiber of your being. We are not playing. This is real. And God's going to do miracles right now. Say it out loud. Father God. I have faith in you. I have faith in the name of Jesus. And we lift up our voice. And we ask you to stretch forth your hand to heal and grant that signs and wonders, miracles will be done in the name of our Lord Jesus and to the glory of our Lord Jesus. Father, right now, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask you, work miracles in our midst, in this place, over the internet, the TV, through these tapes. Work miracles right now. We ask you. Manifest a miracle for somebody right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise. Oh, you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.